Hello, everyone. Thank you for coming and joining us on another episode of Climate Change in the Multiverse. I'm here with Pritam City from uh, the Rama Yoga Institute of Yoga Technology, Science and Technology. I've completely butchered the name. <laughs> I'm just so excited to talk to you. I think I'm a little bit nervous too because I take classes from you often online and I'm very enamored by how you teach and your presence and your energy. Um, uh, Pradhan Siri is also a poet and a writer and curates events at Rama. And for those of you who aren't familiar with Rama, it is a incredible um, yogic community and growing culture really founded by a woman named Guru Jagat in the um, lineage of Kundalini teachings by Yogi Bhajan and Rama is in LA and New York and Mallorca and just expanding over the world and I discovered this space um, about a year ago actually it almost exactly um, in New York where you teach now and yeah it's totally been uh, a life-shifting experience for me so I'm, thank you for coming on the podcast I'm so excited to have you here. That's so cool. Thank you for sharing. I'm so happy to be here. Um, I have been watching your life low-key through the Instagram lens, and though we don't know each other that well, I am very inspired by your, for lack of a better word, authenticity that mm. you're existing with. So thank you for being here. Oh, thank you. That's so sweet. So my first question to you is, how is your heart today? Love this question. Um, my heart is very, very good today. I got to lead a, a self-love meditation about an hour ago um, online. And before that, I got to teach some Kundalini yoga and then I get to teach some Kundalini yoga later and it's a full moon and I feel very blessed. Yeah. That's amazing. One of the reasons I was really excited to talk to you was because of this series you've started of earth prayer classes. And I actually uh, did the one that's available online this morning and I found it, it was such a beautiful experience. We uh, channeled Mother Earth and uh, did a lot of breathing exercises to get the prana through the body. And I felt really, really deeply connected and you shared many things that really resonated with me in particular, this notion of not just saying a prayer for the earth, but saying a prayer for yourself, because we're not separate from the earth. I'm so glad you got to, to experience that. Yeah, it's really, um, I was just like, I have to start somewhere, you know, I, I can't pretend like I have the time to go marching in the streets. And I don't really think that that is my how I'm supposed to use my time personally. So I was like, what can I do under my wheelhouse to start shifting the matrix? And yeah, so this class is called Earth Prayer and it's looking at ways of healing the earth through the lens of Kundalini Yoga and meditation. And it's very experimental because I'm just searching through the teachings and seeing where, where this can get integrated. And one thing that, um, one of my teachers pointed out, maybe it was Hadi Jeevan or Guru Jagat, both the two senior teachers at our institutes, that Rama was very intentionally built either near or on bodies of water. Um, so Rama Institute Venice is a mile from the beach. We have a studio in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. We have a studio on an island, very random, like a random island on the coast of Spain. Turned out to be a great idea. Um, and they're all near bodies of water. And basically the sound can really, that we use to the technology, the mantras, um, can be sent out into the water or the water that's under the ground underneath us. And then from that sort of travel around the earth because water holds sound in a specific way. So I thought that was a really cool hack of realization to see that, okay, you know, we can chant here and then we, you know, through the very um, real power of our minds, you know, can send this, these mantras out into the waters around us and see them going out to where they need to go in the world. And I realize this sounds crazy if you're not into this stuff, 
but to me it's just like another day like let's go to the planet jupiter and you know balance our brains like <laughs> another day at Rama. oh i love that oh my gosh there's so much richness there um i think that it does sound weird for people at first when we talk about sound currents and mantras being able to say repattern your brain but if you really break it down everything is a frequency and that's what sound is. It's the specific frequency that get in and, and, and affects us. So I think it just takes a moment for people to kind of sit and digest that. Um, but that's something I've been really interested in exploring more and doing research on is like how these mantras are actually getting in and affecting our, our ways of thinking and our ways of being. Yeah, um, I think that you can focus at it from many different lens, lenses and we're really trying to look at it, not from a religious perspective, but you know, we're cleansing the subconscious mind so that you can make better choices, essentially. Mm. So you can have the clarity of mind to not be overridden with emotions like fear, insecurity, or the like um, that are so crippling to many people. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with the yoga, right? You said in that in this earth prayer class that when you're fully in your body, think about what you can achieve. And I feel that when I, when I wake commit to waking up early and doing the cold shower and doing the morning yoga, there's this euphoria that comes with like, I actually conquered this, the need to, the want to sleep more and, or the, you know, the stories in my head. And I get up, I got up and I did my practice and I got all this breath into my body and now I can take on, whatever's ahead of me in the rest of the day. Yeah, it's total, you know, Jedi mind training. It's very practical. <laughs> I got in a fight with someone, a low-key fight with someone at the movies about if the Force was real when I saw the recent Star Wars. And I was like, what do you think my life is? Like, this is, this is my life. Um, the Force is real. Um, but really, one of the greatest powers of the practice is, you know, it's the yoga of transformation. And it increases your intuition. And in this age when, you know, we're surrounded by electronics and this word Yogi Bhajan used called info dementia, um, you know, you lose your sovereignty. Mm -hmm. There's sounds everywhere. There's electronics everywhere. You can have messages. I have messages happening on like four different apps at once that I'm checking and it's become robotic. And, you know, so the, the whole intuitive capacity has to be there for us to keep our humanity. And along those lines, being fully quote unquote embodied. Um, you know, I read some anonymous quote that was like you know you have no idea how happy the earth is when you dance the earth like the mother earth Gaia is like fuck yeah every time a human dances you know because we're mirroring each other's energies so mm. um the earth we believe has its own identity um this this spirit name that is often referred to as Gaia and you know she's a ruthless like goddess bitch you know, like, you know, compassion is not um, always what you think it is. And I think that she is just constantly trying to balance herself out with what we've created. And she totally mirrors it, you know, what we've created. And that totally starts one-on-one. -on -one. So um, I, by no means am I thinking we're going to heal the world just by praying. But I do think it's an underestimated technology. And um, I'm also looking at ways of integrating the earth prayer in a more holistic way and bringing in different um, practitioners and leaders who work in a more practical sense with sustainability in the earth to help our community transition into that lifestyle more. Um, but I had to start with what I know, which is what I know. So yeah, one, one step at a time. That's yeah. Or like 10, 10 singular steps in different directions at a time, <laughs> which is kind of the Rama way. I, the more I get into Kundalini, and I'm a Gemini rising, so I'm always kind of like all over the place. But the more Kundalini do, I do, the more ideas and projects I have. And I'm like, okay, how many plates can I spin at one time? It is so creative. It's, it's really exciting for anyone listening who 
hasn't tried it, um, you know, it's kind of a choose your own adventure practice. You can find a teacher that you like and find them on rama-tv.com or find them in a studio and everyone has a different way of looking at it. And it's, you know, I believe that direct experience is your only, you know, validation. So mm. just, it's worth a try and then seeing, you know, what you, you feel and if you'd like to do it again, because I've seen all sorts of walks of life be transformed, honestly, through the practice in some way. Well, something I've noticed about your classes, um, just from watching online is it seems like there's a bit of a de different demographic joining in you know there's certain there's a certain wardrobe to kundalini um for those who aren't familiar um teachers wear turbans or head wraps head scarves and all white and often students replicate that and it you don't have to um but it's just kind of the uniform of the practice but in your classes i see it looks like a more eclectic group um, and I, I'm curious if that's something that was, that's been intentional for you or it's just something that kind of happened organically. I definitely think New York is like, you know, they're not having it with the white and <laughs> that's our like running joke is like they'll wear, oh, they'll decide after, you know, a little bit that they're going to start wearing a white t-shirt to class because it's like halfway there with the black pants, you know. Um, but I always tell people you do not have to, you know, you don't have to change what you wear. Um, we get that question more often in Venice. We get that question of what do I have to wear? I don't think I have like, you know, it's really not like that as a teacher, you know, you're recommended to, um, to serve in the best way possible to wear a certain like drala or garb to do so as a practitioner, it's like, live your best life. Um, in, in what makes you feel good and what you want to practice in. Uh, yeah, I wonder what you've seen on Rama TV. <laughs> <laughs> it just feels different. It just feels like a different vibe from, you know, because something that has, something that's confronted me with practicing Kundalini is the scene and a lot of the wealth. Um, and I know that you know, prosperity is a kundalini teaching, bringing in abundance, and I'm here for it. But I also uh, recognize that the structures and ideologies of capitalism are the problem with the world and what we need to dismantle. And it's obviously not a simple conversation to say that like all prosperity or money is bad, not in the slightest. But it's like, when I see um, a culture created around that. I, I wonder, like, does it have to be that way? Could it be separated? And I just found it personally confronting to be in that space. Um, like when I first met you in LA, I just remember I was so broke at the time. I was doing the Rama Business School and there's just all these people in there and my perception of them is that they all had money and like, that's certainly not true. Some of them did, but other ones, who knows what situations people were in, but I just remember feeling so insecure about that. Um, but I know that's partly because I had to deal with my own secure insecurities, but also partly because, you know, I rub up against all of the, sh the shopping culture and whatnot. So um, yeah, that's been an interesting internal struggle for me as I uh, continue in this practice. Yeah, I think you're not alone in that. And as we get more diversity into the quote unquote scene, I think we have to diversify our focus. I'm not sure if every, you know, cult, the Kundalini culture has this kind of prosperity focus, but I know that one of Guru Jagat's missions statements um, that I will paraphrase is that, you know, you need like money is our current currency that we need to make a change in a certain capacity, mm -hmm. to have the influence to change the policy, to have the finances, to put your money where your mouth is. And that's my personal, you know, focus in where I want, you know, my goals and my increasing wealth is to be able to, you know, make the real changes I need to make to have the influence to do that. So I think that's what her big thing about the prosperity is. Um, because right now, what we've dealt with for the last couple thousand years and what's happening now is a select few people, as you know, who are in power, who just have a boatload of wealth 
And it really does come down to the wealth and the psychosis of greed that you sort of go into with it. So we're not trying to go there, but we're just trying to say that like, you know, what, what we've had is the image of, um, of spirituality in the past has been the begging bowl and has been, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be in an ashram and we're just going to like have a great time and that's going to be enough. And now we're sort of in a crisis I'd say in the world. And it's like, everyone has to do the best they possibly can to make, make the difference. And I think that part of that comes with, comes with the wealth. I definitely feel a sense of urgency. I think I like, I'm learning how to have fun. That's, <laughs> that's like my constant goal is like, how can I have fun and be more funny? Like I told people on stage, I was like, I'm learning to be funny this year. And they thought it was really funny. I was like, okay, so far so good. Uh, but where was I going with that? Um, that Will you, will you make your wealth from being funny? Because I've been thinking about that. I had like this quantum healing the other day and like where we like tapped into my highest self and asked her a bunch of questions. And basically she was like, go back to comedy. Like, you know, people will listen if you make them laugh. Actually, I think you would be very good at that because you have a lot of intelligence and, you know, the George Carlin of it all, like, he really made a difference by speaking the truth from a comedic lens. But I guess I was saying is I'm trying to lighten up, but I'm so fucking serious. I have a Capricorn moon. It's like practical, pragmatic, tell it like it is. We're all going to die. The world <laughs> is ending, but like maybe we can do something about it. Um, so I'm really just trying to bring in more, more comedic relief um, every, all the time. Um, <laughs> So I do have an sense of urgency in regards to like this incarnation and making a difference. And I do believe that monetary wealth, quote unquote, is like something that we need to engage in, unfortunately, for now. You know, the currencies might change in the next 10, 15, 20 years, but um, our relationship with money can change. You know, it doesn't have to be demonized necessarily. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's, there's just so many archetypes associated and so many stories and beliefs that, you know, especially as artists, we're like, well, it's just, it's, you know, gener from generations we've downloaded these stories that we don't deserve it. But um, I'm curious, since you are a self-described serious person, which I feel like I am too, you know, <laughs> I that's a constant goal for myself too, is to have more fun and to play. And like, it comes up all the time in my horoscope and all sorts of other readings. And, and I'm, and I'm just like, I don't, I don't know how to do that. There's so much going on in the world, you know, like, and I get really frustrated with um, the spiritual community in particular, because I don't see a lot of people talking about the hard issues. There's a lot of conversations about, vibrating high and you know focusing on abundance and like oh we're just we're a couple steps away from 5d don't worry and I'm like mm, but but <laughs> it feels to me it feels privileged to be able to do those things but also I recognize that it's like well maybe that there's something there and we do have to say positive and pleasure is activism and it heals the nervous system and play you know can lead to all these other beautiful things but that's something I grapple with a lot yeah, I think that's something that we're always working on culturally is to, you know, especially like Guru Jagat creating our by donation studio near South Central LA. Um, that was kind of her first step into really trying to connect with a community that we haven't reached before. And it's been some beautiful challenges and like been really amazing to watch it, to watch it grow. And just all of our studios, like, bring by donation classes in and things like that. And I've been talking with, because I help, you know, I'm curating, help, helping with the culture at the institutes, focusing on New York right now, and talking with some people of color who work with us and how we can be more integrative in that sense and learned a lot of lessons, you know, like, how would I know as a privileged white woman? So it's like, you know, damned if you do, damned if you don't. But we, I do think that our privilege is completely um, overlooked or like there, you know, there's so much privilege that people do not even 
we don't know how privileged we are. And that is a danger. You know what I mean? Mm. We have so many tools and resources and to not utilize utilize them um be it finance finances or you know um just anything i mean as the like there's particular incarnation as like yogi bhajan and the dalai lama said the western woman would lead the change of consciousness on the planet that is a big deal and that just means that i think you know anyone who was born into a woman's body in the Western part of the world has a certain amount of privilege because we have human rights Mm -hmm. and we have clean water and, you know, we have all sorts of resources and just that alone gives us the opportunity to make a change because we have this platform that um, other people don't, you know, so getting out of this sort of tunnel vision of our own lives is crucial. And I do hear you on the, how the scene might be triggering in those ways. And it really is like a really a constant try of re-evolving of what it looks like. And the institutes are creating their own culture and sort of starting to individualize, which is really cute and sweet to see. Like New York is like a bunch of queer weirdos now. We're having a great time. <laughs> um, I'm joining the party. Um, so, yeah, it, it's, you know, it's don't like, don't think that we are not aware of the like of it all. I am so, um, I don't know what I can say or not say, but I, the spiritual scene bores me. I just happen to be a very spiritual person <laughs> and everyone really feels that way. It's like, this is the scene that's formed around, around this. And we're so grateful to have such a beautiful, like a truly a beautiful community of people who are changing and growing together. And it's sort of become like a think tank and, you know, a startup of all sorts of really unique, creative people who are making the difference in their own way. Like, I just love, you know, we have like lawyers and doctors and nurses, and then we've got artists and then we've got art directors and then you know we've got dancers and then I just I can't even think of all the different like realms that touch within the people who practice and walk through the doors and you know how it's all coming together is like it's totally what it's all about so I do want to expand that that relationship with like others others yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's that's so beautiful. And I sent like, it's such a beautiful community. You know, I speak to these frustrations, which aren't specifically, um, you know, I've experienced within Rama, but like the spiritual world at large. Um, but I've also found so much uh, connectivity and inspiration. And I'm so encouraged by the, the determination of community that you speak of and like the desire to have all of these people come in. And every time I look at the struggles in the world and there's so many ways to answer those questions, but it always to me comes back to community and communion and people coming together and just being together and having experiences together. Yeah. This is how evolution or revolution starts. You know, we can't do it alone. And I think that the thing that I've realized in the last few weeks is that getting, you know, it has to go out of your comfort zone and a little out of your scene. Some of the feedback that I got was, you know, we can't just give a free class to people. We have to go to the student union at this school and talk to them and teach there, Mm -hmm. you know, and then if they like it enough, then on their time off, they can come around the corner and walk into our studio. But I understand that you walk by it and, there's a certain barrier to entry of like, it's intimidating. It's a beautiful like gem of a place with a bunch of crystals in the window and people are like, what is this? Um, so I, I get that we need to expand in that way and we're doing that and I'm excited about how that's gonna pan out in 2020. And New York really, I think has, I've seen the most potential in how we can grow in diversity of socioeconomic and just like all sorts of ways we've already started a few things that um have really been refreshing to to host in the space so nice so what have you been doing to get out of your comfort zone lately 
second question. Well, um, I was told to dance down the street. Uh, she was like, it's New York. My friend Tara Carr teaches at Rama. Tara Carr Intuitive, amazing psychic, amazing person. Um, she was like, just dance to the subway. Nobody cares. It's New York. It's like, of course, yeah, <laughs> nobody does care. Like I've seen some really ridiculous things and I'm just like, mm, New York, I keep walking. And then I like chuckle about how if this was anywhere else, that would be crazy, but like people barely look. Um, so more, I guess more movement um, in general, more embodiment and then um, just some music making and song singing, which is my ever growing out of comfort journey. Ah, yeah. So you're you're writing songs and performing them. I haven't really performed much. Um, I'm learning, I'm learning some in, new instruments and um, perfecting, or learning how to use my voice, I should say. Mm. And I'm writing and co-writing a little bit with my partner and working on a mantra album and trying to learn to read this ancient yogic glyphs called Gurmukhi. So. Just pastimes. <laughs> casual, casual stuff. <laughs> yeah. um, how long have you been doing Kundalini for? Um, I'm really bad with linear time. I get called <laughs> out all the time on how I say things incorrectly in that regard. I think five years. Oh, that's it. Wow. Before, may no, it has to be more, maybe five years. I very quickly got very deep, deep in, you know, it was immediate. I knew right away something was here that I needed to pursue. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, linear time lately has, I've had this sense lately that time is folding over on itself. Um, I used to get the angel numbers, but now I'm getting palindromes. And this has been happening, I don't know, for like six months now. I'm just like near every time I look at the time, it's a palindrome. And I have these moments of deja vu all of the time, except it's not like deja vu that I used to have, where it used to be like, whoa, that intense feeling. Now it's just like this very subtle kind of like, oh yes, I remember this. This is, I'm, you know, this is all kind of, I don't know. Do you ever find that? Like if, if you're living in a, in a nonlinear way in a multi-dimensional way um how does that how does that feel for you yeah i feel that i'm constantly trying to sort of remember um experiences i've had in the past that can help me in the present um in previous incarnations or whatever i we've been traveling around the world i had the privilege to do that a lot in the last year and definitely had some moments of oh i've been here before for sure we're on a mountain in tibet um yeah i've been here before so um that that's really also one of the practices and the goals um that i think hadi jeevan one of our senior teachers at Rama talks about is having the intuitive capacity, the meditative practice. Like once you have maybe enough under your belt, I'm intuiting that once you have enough under your belt, you would start to realize and integrate all your achievements from previous incarnations and use it for this one. And that really is, you know, a lot of the Rinpoche's and people like that from the Buddhist lineage will remember all their previous lifetimes and that, is one of their ways that they, you know, hold so much um, success or presence or power, however you want to say it. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a hashtag goal is just to have the openness and the intuitive capacity to use all the achievements that we've, that we've, you know, worked so hard on in this incarnation to just put as much as we can into this life. Yeah, absolutely. What what has opened up for you intuitively since you started practicing? Um, I definitely am just just more just more intuitive. I am not. I wouldn't say I'm full blown psychic, but I'm claircognizant, which is the most annoying kind because you just know things and you and you can't explain why you know them. I'm not hearing voices, but pretty much everyone around me is psychic in some way, and this is like this is kind of the um, the where we're headed vibes. I think that all the souls that are coming in, the babies and the, the new ones are really 
they're they're open in that way and um we're all just sort of reopening to ourselves it's like you know it's like once you have this awareness then you're just starting to like unlearn everything that you've all the conditioning you've had to be anything other than who you are that's like that's the also the practice is just pulling away all the layers you put up and the barriers in fear that you've put up in front of yourself mm-hmm. to like why would i care about dancing down the street like yeah that's so silly why would i not dance down on the street because at some point I thought that I couldn't do that you know so like what (laughs) it's crazy Um, so yeah I think just intuition overall is you know it's been fun to experience like um what like trusting trusting your intuition is a fun experience and that's a way to open it too so if you think of you know think of something that's just being a little bit more aware of where it can lead and then trusting your gut and seeing how that can help transform your, you know, reality. Mm, Absolutely. That's something I've really focused on for myself, especially living home free um, and sometimes not knowing where I'm going to sleep next week or in a couple of days um, and, and traveling around to a lot of new cities and trying to find my way around, just like really focusing on being present and being with the flow and trusting that, you know, that I can figure things out in, in moment to moment. I don't need to know 10 steps ahead. I just ha- need to take the next step and keep following the energy. And the synchronicities are incredible. And the messages that appear along the way are so beautiful. Like even from just like seeing my name places like scrawled into pavement and like, or, you know, keep going and like pursue in pursuit of magic and all of these messages. Um, yeah, but that's not we're on this linear timeline, we're in this kind of, this belief system that you have to be planning 10 steps ahead. And it's not to say that there's like, planning is great, but like, it takes us away from our intuitive um, awareness and just into this rational mind of like, well, this equals that and then that, and we have to like, use our map and we have to follow that path instead of just like being with what is in our interior knowledge and and tapping into and following that yeah well this is like one of the things that's really cool about guru jagat that helped me is just her embodiment in the 3d world is like anyone else i've I haven't really seen anyone else like that in a, in a spiritual sort of um, position. And this is kind of why we do sadhana is like you wake up in the morning and you have your meeting with the cosmos and maybe it doesn't like for me, it's not always at the same time every day because my schedule is kind of changing all the time, but it happens at some point during the day, ideally in the morning. And, um, and then, you know, you have this set time that you can, can go go there and go wherever you want in your in your mind and in your consciousness and clean it out and be with your heart and your soul and what whoever masters or guides you want to connect with in that way and then the rest of your day you can participate in this in this sort of very linear reality and i guess i was very resistant or very love and light when I stumbled upon Guru Jagat <laughs> and, you know, I was like, I am a light worker, like one day at a time. I'm not making fun of you. I'm making fun of myself. <laughs> you know, it was, it was very much like I'd embodied the fact that I was a unicorn and this is how it is. I happen to be on earth right now. That's fine. <laughs> and, you know, I realized that there was this, um, this um, association and lack of embodiment that was not going to give me the full experience of like really taking an incarnation by the tail and like stepping going through the motions of all of it like being in the spreadsheet and paying the bills and setting in the calendar and setting the goals because we all really do want to be here in that way that's why we came so I do think there's a balance to like, you know, and a huge, you know, it's very rare amount of people, I think, on the planet who are really participating what we call the householder's incarnation, where you are, you know, really living that 
the practical life of day to day and doing what you what you will with it and then also connecting with the cosmos and expanding your consciousness and thinking of something else in that regard so i think it's an exciting practice to balance it with that you know yeah absolutely absolutely balance is the goal and it's it's very easy to get swayed to one side or one polarity or another, um, which I think is the problem on the planet is that there are some people who are just so in the cosmos and they're not tapped into reality at all. And then there's other people who are just so tapped into the structural systems that we've created that we call reality and they're not tapped into anything else. And um, yeah, I appreciate that because that's something part of my journey has been, um, going from kind of one side to the other and now finding my way back to the middle and recognizing that it's like, okay, you can do all the yoga and meditation in the world, but it's like not going to get you the career that you want if you're not actually also putting in the same or more dedication, the same, the same amount of dedication into that. And this is where I struggle is like, I have just all the time back and forth of like working too hard and burning myself out or doing way too much yoga and meditation and like zenning myself out because I find that I can end up a little bit numb and apathetic in different ways. So it's just like, okay, how do we find this center? How do we find this balance and hold both things and move forward most effectively? Yeah, exactly. I think that um, apathy is my greatest fear just so everyone knows <laughs> within myself and others. And um, when I first sort of became like woke or however you want to say it, when I first figured out the truth about the world and went down the rabbit hole of the conspiracy theories, and this was before I practiced Kundalini, my, you know, the eye opening of, you know, how everything came to be and how messed up it is and how five, five families are just controlling the entire planet and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, I went into a very apathetic state and I was like, I'm just going to meditate and just like be a light worker in my small little world. And then I found this practice and then realized that that wasn't going to cut it as far as fulfillment goes. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we need, we need both things. Well, this has been amazing. I have maybe one or two more questions for you before you wrap up. Um, I'm curious what your vision of the future looks like, what, what you want it to be, what you dream it to be, what you experience when you meet with the cosmos, what it looks like. I definitely see that there are multiple Earths happening simultaneously. So, and I've read about this, so that probably has influenced me as well to have this vision, but that there are different like layers of Earth on top of themselves. And having sort of delved into this metaphysical reality before I got into the pragmatics of the Kundalini practice, um knowing that like there really is just it's just so polarity around here it's just fear and love every thought every moment you know and just because i'm a yoga teacher doesn't mean i'm not in fear moments throughout the day in which case i'm giving in to the to the the earth we currently live on to the one that's suffering to the powers of be that are not doing it you know a loving justice and then so I, I see the layers of the uh, layers of the earth, and I guess I envision a much more just sustainable, um, sustainable reality mm. of lots of fruits and vegetables, <laughs> and um, you know, I, I don't know, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to say it in words. I see it. <laughs> Um, and I was listening again, I don't listen to channeled messages or things like that, like I used to, but I remember years ago, I was listening to some a channel that I really trusted and loved. She was channeling like some Christmas special with like Archangel Michael, and <laughs> who is Jesus, if you aren't familiar with his astral name. Um, and they were like, our favorite thing, like, what do you miss most about earth is what her question was. And 
Archangel Michael was like, oh, the fruits, the vegetables, and the sauces. <laughs> I was like, yeah, but you know, like, I just loved, it was so inspiring. I was like, yes, fruits, vegetables, sausage, like, you know, digestion, things that you just can't experience if you're in a, a light body. Mm. Um, I'm always just coming back to the gratitude of being in the density of the physicality and the courage to show up in a fully present way. Mm. And even listening to myself talk to you, I'm like, I wish I could talk about something other than metaphysics, but it's really, it's really what I know. And it's really my goal to always going towards, honestly, a more practical way, because I do have a lot of three-dimensional ambition and things I'd like to do to help, to help the earth. And I don't know exactly what it looks like, but, um, I do plan on like making some moves in my incarnation that are in the body. <laughs> we can plan for both at the same time. I certainly am. The other one goes without saying like, of yeah. course I'm going to be flying around on top of my body with like angel wings doing weird shit. But I would love to like, you know, grow some businesses and put out some albums as well. So plans, plans. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm this, I'm this wild idealist a lot of the time. And I always think things will happen faster than they do. Cause I'm like, Oh, you know, like in 10 years, the consciousness will be shifted. We'll figure it all out. We'll be just like vibrating on a different plane or whatever. But I'm like, then I look around and I go, no, no, <laughs> you, you're able to think that because you are often in these bubbles and these pockets of communities where people are, much closer to that than the rest of the world and yet you know there's there's a lot of work to be done first and 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 maybe maybe the human experience that we signed up for is one that is the the unraveling you know you talk about the mother earth energy being this fierce goddess and and that's what it is right it's the durga the kali the destruction leads to creation and it's just that we have this perception that destruction is bad and yet that is the cycle of life so perhaps all of these beautiful visions of what's to come are coming later beyond this current iteration of our consciousness I don't know so it's just how do we stay focused and present in this moment and continue to follow our paths and spread kindness and joy no matter what's happening around us that's beautiful. Yeah. I would say that um, to be present, we have to feel what comes up and whatever we choose not to feel, the earth, I think, has to process for us. So it's like, if we, you know, an example with me would maybe be that like before Kundalini, I never experienced anger. I was like, what? I'm just not, I'm just sad. Like, I'm just, I don't get angry. I'm just sad. I'm like, you know, uh, because I was just, you had the programming of the, you know, nice girl, just do nice things. And then I started to pull back some layers and the rage came out and I was like, oh, this is fun. Um, and that's sort of what's happening now as I'm being instructed to be really present. And I do know, I just know that the earth really does a number of processing of all the ways that we are absent to what we feel because it has to go somewhere um, in the physical, all of, all of this energy. So I think that that is a practice, especially for, I mean, for men and women, but especially if you have a female incarnation, it's definitely a lot of limits to what emotions and actions are deemed appropriate. Wow. <laughs> so that's another thing that I love about the practice is we have like, you know, we have sets that we can do to work on our inner anger and we have all sorts of things. And then, you know, just whatever nonlinear ways that you can decondition yourself to come back to who you are. I'm always looking for new practices of like crawling on the floor and like yelling. <laughs> and I'm like, this is great. I feel I'm going to show up so much more normal tomorrow after having had this weird moment with myself at home, you know, um, because I do think that we come out sideways. We come out like inverted or sideways when we're not dealing with, our own emotions, you know, because everyone has to be so polite all mm -hmm. the time. 
that we start to get a little twisted in like our minds and in our bodies in like an awkward way that can come out kind of strange because we're just suppressing so much of the natural range of experience. And that's what I love about the like the earth Kali Ma vibe is showing me that, um, that this is, you know, life is not um, just love and lighty and it's very beautiful to have the range very excited to constantly be full of the, the range that is available to me. Absolutely. Yeah. Like express, transmute. <sighs> be, that is, yeah. That is transmutation. Expression mm-hmm. is transmutation, you know, so totally. Mm-hmm. And that's the culture is just set up to suppress us. And that that's, that was so powerful to hear you say, you know, the earth has to process the earth processes what we're not processing. I feel that deeply, you know, I've always thought that the external is a mirror for the internal and it's just all this turmoil that we're not um, facing. And that's why it's being reflected out there because there is no separation. And I, I've been educating myself a lot on on emotions, uh, both in the esoteric realms and the scientific realms. And I really think that looking at our emotions and understanding them is a real uh, key to unlocking um, uh, a higher timeline, a happier timeline. Um, and, you know, it's, it's even in the name, it's energy in motion, emotion. And if we don't, if they don't move through us, th- there you go, they're moving through the earth. And wow, that's just, I'm really, I am excited to hear you talk about that and encouraged to continue my work in 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 speaking about emotions because it's really we talk about all these problems on the planet the racism the carbon emissions the plastic the nuclear weapons and it's like okay these are all just things external things representing bad human behavior (laughs) (laughs) always comes back to bad human behavior yeah i know it's it's wild and i think you know, there's this like famous Chogum Trumpa, the, the man who brought Buddhism to the West, the Rinpoche who brought Buddhism to the West. There's this famous like moment when he was in a lecture and somebody asked him um, in the 80s, like in Boulder, um, you know, can you tell us how to deal with like the aggression of the world and like all the aggression out there and like it's just so much. And he was like, I want to talk about the aggression in this room right now. <laughs> like all you spiritual people, <laughs> you know, there's, there is, there is no separation in that way. Um, and then Yogi Bhajan says, you know, he was not into emotions in, he was like, just move them, you know, just keep them moving basically is, was his teaching around it. He didn't really source his intelligence from that, but everyone can look at it in a different way. He said that life is, a flow of love it only takes your participation and i think about this all the time when i'm like you know when it comes to politics when it comes to any opportunity that you have to participate in this like video game like reality that we're living in it's like why not you came here you know you're being passive and sassy and apathetic about everything but it's like that's that's my fear of our generation but um, millennial and who knows what, how the Gen Z is going to handle it but like I think they're doing better than we did but there's a little bit of pe- passiveness and um, apathy to the whole thing that is you know terrifying as I said to me when I see it in myself and when I see it in others and I just encourage myself always to like participate just like one foot in front of the other talk to this person, do this thing in this like silly little world that you get so irritated to have to be in your tiny little body, (laughs) you know, (laughs) it's all just such a gift. It's all like, you know, like they say, there's legions of angels just hanging around or like other, you know, other worlds, other dimensions, other beings off planet and on planet who are just here in support and awe of what is happening. And, you know, it's very entertaining and it's very exciting like you know to to be here now Mm, that's it be here now (laughs) 
and step out of the comfort zone. Yeah. yeah, that's amazing. Thank you. It was so nice chatting with you. Um, I really, really enjoyed learning a little bit more about you and, and you have such a wealth of information. There's like a thousand more questions I could ask. And I know that uh, I think people will have more questions because some of the stuff we jump into and it's easy for us to dialogue about, but some people might be like, um, uh, what the space time matrix? What are we talking about here? <laughs> so I hope we have the opportunity to talk again. And uh, is there anything you would like to, to leave the people with any events you want to plug, perhaps a performance coming up or <laughs> <laughs> your, the name of your future album when, when we should expect it. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I think we're going to release this mantra album in 2020, you know, sometime in this year. Um, and that's really exciting to bring, to bring that out. And I'm in New York and I love being in New York and I know there's a lot of people here. So <laughs> come say hello, um, at Rama Institute in the Lower East Side. And I teach multiple times a week, teach private sessions, teach group sessions. Uh, if you would like to bring an experience to any of the Rama Institutes, you know, spiritual or educational doesn't even have to be spiritual you know just any sort of educational new thought kind of workshop performance scenario we would love to have that so i'm also really working on curating new experiences um into the institutes and we're proud to be able to host a lot of out of the box kind of kind of things so if you're one of those people you've got something to share or you've never done it before and you want a platform hit me up or if you want to come try out a yoga class there's also rama-tv.com for virtual stuff and my instagram is pritam city p-r-i-t-a-m-s-i-r-i and then ramayogainstitute.com for anything else awesome Cool. Well, I look forward to attending some events soon. Um, I got my eyes on New York, hopefully sometime this year. So, Yeah, we've got a lot going on. It's really cool. Kelly, you're so inspiring and cool. And keep making these podcasts because there's a lot of boring podcasts out there. And I can't say this conversation is interesting, but I do think that, you know, they need to be, we need to move this and keep moving it. So well done. Oh, thank you so much. Well, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Okay, Satnam.